0: one welcome back to hoops ht everybody Woo! it is monday january 15th happy martin luther king day and it is also time for the hoops hd report i'm your all your right Ed sherwood joined over there by david griggs down below me by john titel his side we got john Salika. and um that's it all right
1: right yeah i'm here so we have all the important people (laughs) okay
0: Uh, i guess we should just get right into it i don't know what else we've we've got going on tonight it's a kind of a fairly light light night in college basketball Uh, i know sleek is glued to a notre dame boston college game right now but the rest of us don't even have it on um (laughs) let's get right into the standings though bc just uh, won bc BC. just won all right they're going to the monitor so we don't know that for sure Uh, you you get live on tape delay uh uh updates on bad acc basketball uh let's get right into the games here let's start things off tonight in the big 12 conference and uh griggs the reason i want to start this off we see the new ap and coaches poll numbers there eight out of 14 teams in this conference which is a hell of a lot of them are now in the top 25 in both polls uh, after after a heck of a week here. Um, Maybe we start things off with Houston, though, who had a bad week, an 0-2 week, with losses to both Iowa State, and then following up with a loss at TCU.
1: Yeah, now, I I mean, we got to qualify this by saying that those are tough road games to win. But if you're a one seed, uh, you're typically expected to be able to win Um, a tough road game like that most of the time. I've long said and thought, as you all know, that it's a lot harder to beat an NCAA tournament team, even if they're not a top 25 team on the road than it is to beat a ranked team at home. It's, it's much harder. And, uh, but I was surprised that they didn't win either one of them. They were right in both of them had a chance to win both of them, but they, the, the fact that they didn't win either one of them was a little bit of a surprise. And it sort of begs the question is Houston being overvalued or not? Are they going to be in the top five at the end of the year or You you know, their best win neutral against Dayton or Utah, one of those two, that that just doesn't look like a one-seed profile right
0: now. Ty-Ty, you're our selection committee guessing expert. Is he right? Is this profile suddenly looking a little suspect when you throw a couple losses in there?
2: It might not be the number one seed in the nation profile, but it is absolutely a one-seed profile. If you don't like the OAR of two, I don't know what to tell you. Um... I understand that losses aren't great, but they're on the road by a combined five points. So
0: here's some slack, and let's cut them a little bit of it. All right, cut cut them a little slack. Well, Sleek, I pulled up on the right there, one of the teams that beat them, TCU. And this team was nowhere near anybody's radar seven days ago, Uh, suddenly in the top 25 in both polls. Heck of a week beating Houston and Oklahoma.
3: Why would we have had them on the radar? All they had were wins against Tier 3 and Tier 4 going into the week, but at least they... Put up here against uh, Oklahoma, and thanks to a stupid play by uh, Houston about midway through the first half, they managed to turn what should have been in one into two technical free throws on the other end. Guess it made a bit of a difference right here. So I got to at least give congratulations to the Horn Frogs for cashing
0: in on the Cougar stupidity right here. Ah, uh, and talk about a team that had a. Another team that had a bad week was we saw a lot of the top 25 losing this week. Uh, Kansas uh, almost inexplicably goes to central Florida and loses that game by five. And it's a game that uh, KU was trailing. They came back. You thought they would run away with it. And suddenly UCF just found a way to win it. And uh, Tytel, uh you know, I don't know that, that UCF is any good, really. They follow up with, with a loss at home to BYU. But what happened to Kansas in this game?
2: Uh, to answer your question
0: in order, uh, number one, UCF
2: is not any good. 10-5 uh, <laughs> is certainly respectable, but when you're losing at home to Stetson, I cannot believe in you. Um, as to how they beat Kansas, I think it's a couple things. One, uh, Kansas made a whopping six free throws and had 18 turnovers. Secondly, um, UCF had some balanced scoring, uh, not a ton of bench scoring, but uh, when Kevin McCullough and Hunter Dickinson and K.J. Adams are scoring under 20, um there's just not enough there there and um it's a shame that they blew a huge league Kansas was up 16 after 16 minutes I still can't believe that they choked it away but they did
0: yeah yeah so I mean it's it's just a combination of uh, I think it's what we're going to see all season in, in this conference actually but yeah. uh you know teams on the rise TCU on the rise title let me stick with you another team on the rise is now three and oh in conference tied with Baylor for the lead uh how about those Red Raiders off of a off of a nice week
2: But that new coach, Grant McCaslin, the last time we saw him last year, is winning 31 games and an NIT title at North Texas. Uh Seems to have picked up right where he left off, 14-2 and in Lubbock, only a pair of losses away from home, Villanova and Butler. Um, I thought he was going to have problems. A couple of things, Devin Cambridge' season-ending knee injury and the Pop Isaacs legal situation. That had distraction written all over it, but their nine-game winning streak says otherwise. That being said, there's no way they're making it through their next six games unscathed. Home to BYU and Cincy, road trips to Houston, Oklahoma, TCU, and Baylor. Good luck. However, the X factor, 78% from the free throw line is number 15 in the nation. So if they need to make free throws at the end and a game goes down down to the wire, they're not going to be scared one bit.
0: Yeah, Yeah, go ahead,
1: Griggs. Well, I was just going to say they don't need to win all those games. If they win two of them, I would say they're doing—they're in really good shape.
0: Well, but the one one problem with them, when you look at the profile, they don't have a win over anybody that's solidly in the field. I don't even know they have a win over anybody that's in the field right now. Uh, They've got a, and they—you know—they, you got a big road win at Texas, but Texas has been very suspect uh, this season. Very suspect. Yeah, uh, they've actually had another one of these teams that, that that. that that had a bad week with their uh with their loss at west virginia that that was just another head scratcher this weekend in this actually conference. you say that jab but you called that loss you did oh, i did. i well because i'm right all the time but <laughs> yeah. i didn't actually think i'd be right on this one but uh but this west virginia team has actually been playing a lot better since they've got requiem battle and uh and, and like uh uh eligible but uh, wow I, I i don't know a yeah, Salika, Stil- what do you do with this conference? where it seems like anybody is going to be anybody any day here. Are we just flipping coins or what?
3: Well, right now, I'm basically going to be very confident in uh, Kansas, Houston, Oklahoma, Baylor. I think everyone confident else. confident in them to win games? and they, right they,
0: they, they all lost games this week other than Baylor. So how can you say you're confident in the way they're playing?
3: Well, were they losing them at home? Were they losing them on the road? Where it's going to be
0: especially tough to win in the conference? Uh, maybe that's it. The only you know only road wins we saw were K State at West Virginia, BYU at UCF, and Texas at Cincinnati. Three teams. That, well, well, BYU is is a tournament team, but the other two may not be tournament teams right now. Um, <laughs> uh, upcoming schedule here in the Big Twelve. Uh, I'd tell you. To what games to circle, but uh, I think I'd be listening to every single one of them. This is, you know, you y- you can't overlook anything. Kansas has to go on the road to Oklahoma State. They can't win at UCF, can they? Win at Oklahoma State? I don't even know at this point. Um, I think
3: BYU should have waited one more year to bail on the WCC. They would have been an odds-on favorite yeah. at this rate.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, I think you pretty much are gonna have to watch every single game here. Maybe Oklahoma State, K State on Saturday. You can possibly ignore although k-state uh you know probably is a bubble team right now with what they've done if they can string together some wins in this conference even griggs yeah i i think so cincinnati another team that is a
1: that is a bubblicious game that tcu cincinnati game tomorrow night
0: i do really think it is a title how do you have tcu rated right now after what they did last week
2: had you asked me yesterday, I would have said I don't have them rated in the field. But uh, Bracket Matrix has them as a nine seed, and I can't argue. I mean, I went to the game at Georgetown where they won on a three at the buzzer, mm-hmm. thanks to the ref missing the fact that the guy stepped out of bounds. So they're not like a protected seed, good. But no. if you beat <laughs> Oklahoma and Houston, you're in the field.
0: Yeah, uh, I think they can afford that loss. So today is kind of what I'm saying, Griggs. Although. I think Morris is maybe maybe Saturday against this Iowa State team that, that's playing really well. I, uh, the, the, yeah. This conference is – we always know it's the best conference. It seems to just be better this year, which which is weird when you get bigger and you, you normally don't get yeah. better. <laughs> right, yeah. I know
3: Chad likes to say there are no moral victories. I also have to counter there are no moral defeats.
0: Uh, let's go and jump over to another conference. How about the Big Ten? Uh, another conference that's saw craziness beginning last Tuesday where Nebraska knocks off Purdue uh, following that up with Maryland winning at Illinois, Stalica, I, I I, can't, you know, th- this season just seems to be mind boggling and all these, these crazy upsets.
3: Cool. Well, going into the year, I think we had Michigan State as what top five and they've uh, completely drove it off a cliff. Now Purdue Until they beat Ohio the- State
0: today. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, even okay. with that, no, I'm talking about Michigan State, not oh, Michigan. State. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Purdue, they've basically held up their end of the bargain. Wisconsin's been a a nice surprise right here. But Illinois, we're starting to see the effects of uh, Terrence Shannon's absence from the lineup. They lose at home to Maryland, which is going to be a little bit of a ding on their profile. And oh, I don't yeah. know how many chances they're really going to have to get a nice win to offset that one.
1: I just don't think Illinois is the same. I think it's pretty clear that they're not the same. Now, if there's a lot of season left, they'll certainly have opportunities to uh, to, to sustain where they are and hold serve. But I, I just I, – I think this team is, is about to string together quite a few losses.
0: Yeah, but it's interesting, though. They did get that Michigan State win earlier in the week without Shannon. So, so you, you 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 kind of say, well, maybe they can win without it. Maybe they can't. You, you just don't know still. Uh Titel, maybe you want to talk, we should just talk about somebody down, down near the bottom of the conference in most people's estimation, although in the standings are right in the middle. How about Minnesota?
2: Well, I got burned tonight, but I'll, I'll cover my butt here. So they're putting right. together a decent little resume, uh, wins over Nebraska, Michigan, Maryland. Um, all five of their losses are to top 125 teams. The only two home losses were by single digits. So not in the field, but respectable. Um, They started five and three and then won seven in a row despite their star power forward Dawson Garcia missing three games with a sprained left ankle. He's back, but the guy who's been picking up the slack in his absence, Howard transfer point guard Elijah Hawkins, leading the nation with almost eight assists a game. Very tough stretch ahead, though, at Michigan State and then home to Wisconsin. Good luck. Um, They just need to keep getting the ball inside to Garcia, though. 58% from two-point range,
0: number 12 in the nation. Yeah. Uh, and Griggs Wisconsin I'll pull them up on the right here yeah uh, the, this team has looked so good lately they're on a six game winning streak now uh, they had a, they were one of those top 25 teams at America's he did not lose this week
1: yeah uh, I, I think that they're I, <laughs> the way that they're playing now I think it took them a little while to get playing to the level that they are now not that they were ever bad. This is a team that could end up on the one line. I mean that's how good they've been. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Well, this week they should they should breeze through Penn State and Indiana, but later in the year when you see them scoring off against uh Purdue, the on the well, the last game of the year they got two two games against Purdue like is the, can this team finish ahead of Purdue? They're already two games ahead in the standings. And one of the things they're doing that Purdue isn't is winning their conference road games.
0: Yeah, they are. And that's Purdue's problems. And the losses, all two conference road losses as well, including that inexplicable one almost at, at, this past week at Nebraska. Uh, yeah. When we look through the rest of this conference here, I, I actually want to give a quick shout out before we go any further to Michigan. It was kind of neat if you, I don't know if you caught the game today, but uh, for the first time since the since they were there at school together uh as as guests, all fi- all five of the fab 5 were there for the game today so uh really? cool. yeah so all the right there in the front row you had chris weber and uh of oh, she's uh jalen rose and uh jawan howard jimmy was king. obviously was co- was coaching jimmy king and and ray um Great Jackson, Great Jackson, thank you very much. Uh, the only one that didn't make it to the NBA there, I think, was was Jackson. But uh, all five of them were there. It was pretty neat uh, to see that little tribute and Juwan getting that together for this game here on uh, on this afternoon game here on a Monday. Uh, upcoming schedule this week. Take a look at Purdue. We already mentioned what they've got, the road trip to Indiana. And, and Tyson, I think it's an interesting game on Saturday. Purdue, who's been not that good on the road so far, at Iowa. And it's an Iowa team that I'm keeping an eye on here. I think <laughs> it's poised to make a run in this conference. This could be the start of, for, of it for them.
2: Well, David gave you credit for picking West Virginia. Are you going to pick Iowa, too? Or I'm or going,
0: going to pick for... Iowa while well, I'm I, 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 yeah, yeah, I,
2: I like right? how they've been playing. Do they have anybody who's 7-4 on their roster? I wasn't sure. I, no. d-
0: does Nebraska or Northwestern? No, they do not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So do you need someone severed 4 to beat Purdue? That's, that's, <laughs> that, that's kind, of the, kind of the question.
3: Um, I hope everyone who got their Peacock subscription for the Chiefs and Dolphins game did not cancel it. The Purdue-Indiana rivalry is going to be on Peacock for Tuesday night.
0: Oh, wow. uh, that's the Purdue-Indiana rivalry. It's a big rivalry in the state of Indiana, but we all know – Uh, Stalika about the state of Indiana because in fact it is owned by Rutgers University (laughs) (laughs) yes oh wow Um, let's keep things rolling here Uh, how about over to the Big East Stalika it's your conference uh, where your Xavier Musketeers actually gave a game effort against UConn and then beat Providence and I don't know if we really want to talk about Xavier as much as Providence and, and how this team is just ouch just just falling apart now with the injury.
3: Well, let's just say Xavier UConn was going on while well, just about every single top five or top 10 team was either losing or getting tested. Now, the Musketeers did have a, a brief lead in the second half against UConn before they just uh, were able to speed up the Musketeers and just beat them quite badly in the uh, fast break game. Now you fast forward a couple days later where Xavier was able to take advantage of an ailing Providence game, ironically, by the aforementioned fast break. They were getting back quickly enough that they weren't allowing Providence to get easy baskets of their own. And we've said it before, with the absence of Bryce Hopkins, the Friars did have an NCAA tournament profile prior to that, but with a four-game losing streak, even with a close call at St. John's, they better start piling up some wins,
0: and they better not piss away the DePaul game. Yeah, four of the next five on the road, too, for this team. So uh, I think Providence may be out of the picture entirely another week or two from now, unfortunately, for the Friars. Uh, yeah. Jesus does not look good. Uh, what, team about, is...
1: what about Xavier? Um, is, is there life in them? Is this a team that has a run in them? Can they string uh, together the wins they
0: need? Eight and eight with a lot of bad losses? Yeah, they've. I think they've got the chances well, ahead uh, of them. But,
1: they've got like... two bad losses, but, I mean,
0: they've been playing better. Okay, you, you know. Yeah. Sh- 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 show me their wins over teams out are solid in the field. I'll give you one of them. In fact, let me ask you, Ty, tell about the one, the best win. I think I Xavier's profile. That's actually the win over Cedar Hall. What about these Pirates? Uh, Another team that is surging upwards, not downwards. Darn right. I'm often the first to admit that
2: I was wrong, and guys, I was wrong. Um The Pirates finished December with a 20-point blowout loss at our beloved Xavier Musketeers to fall to eight and five. But they've bounced back in a big way. Four straight wins. When you add that to the signature 15-point win over UConn in December, and keep in mind that all five of their losses are to top 100 teams, I think this is a tourney-caliber caliber resume, which is why I now have them as a 12 seed. Sadly, the schedule is not getting any easier this week. Home games against St. John's and Creighton. And if you remember Coach Shaheen Holloway's magical St. Peter's squad that won 22 games in 2022 with their Elite Eight run, he looks like he might get even more wins than that this year if he can get a few bounces to go his way in the month ahead and if his opponents can stop making an insane 78% of their free throws. Wow.
0: They've got to get better at free throw defense sure. here. <laughs> Greg, Griggs, yeah. on the left there, the Creighton Blue Jays, this is another team that is surging up, and, and I think this team, you know, we'd almost have forgotten about them when, when they had some losses early in the season. Uh, this played team seems to be playing really well right now also, aren't they?
1: Yeah, and they've certainly got a test ahead this week against at home against UConn, albeit it is at home. Uh, no, it's that's on the road. It's on oh, the it's road. on the road. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. There it is. I, I can see it now. Um, So you got to give them a pass if they lose that. But this is a Creighton team that before the season started, I actually picked to go to the Final Four. So I think that they certainly have potential, and they are maybe not playing like a Final Four team, but they're starting to play a lot better in recent weeks. Um, I like the win in Nebraska, even though – I mean, Nebraska isn't all that strong, but it's something Purdue wasn't able to do.
0: Yeah. Uh, and we got to give a shout out here to the UConn Huskies. They are the new number one team in the nation in both polls today. Uh, here's one for you. Uh, last time UConn was number one. Uh, since then, they've won three national championships. So uh, <laughs> they, they, they don't like being number one. They just like winning winning the NCAA tournament, apparently.
2: <laughs> I don't know, Chad. Bit of a home court hero. 9-0 at home.
0: Not not at home. yeah. They have a couple of road wins, but they, they I think they need a signature road win. They'll actually get that chance this week at, with that game at Villanova. So uh, mm-hmm. uh let's go ahead and pull up the uh upcoming schedule here. We mentioned that Creighton Yukon game is the one to circle, followed by UConn at Villanova. Creighton at St. Hall Saturday as well. A big That's game. That's a I think. good
1: game, yeah. Big week for Creighton.
0: Uh, big week for St. Else... John's also at, Saint, at
1: yeah. St.
3: Hall and hosting
0: Marquette. Yeah,
3: and that's against a Marquette team that actually stopped the bleeding today against uh, Villanova. Because keep in mind, the Golden Eagles had lost at home to Butler and also to Seton Hall on the road.
0: Uh, let's jump over to the Pac-12 conference here. Uh, Titel, this this is your conference with uh, your Arizona Wildcats in it, uh, the only top 25 team in the conference another rough week here with, with with the loss at Wazoo. What, what happened to your team? Oh. Um, they didn't show up and play well, <laughs>
2: sadly. Um, I know you want something more than that. I will blame Umar Balo, whose free throw shooting has been horrendous. Um, keeping in mind like they have not had a home loss, which is good. bit of a home court hero, yes. Um, they've played a insane schedule, but if you're going to go on the road anywhere in the Pac-12 and shoot under 30% from three-point range and Miss eight free throws and commit 10 turnovers, like you're going to get in trouble. It didn't help that Isaac Jones had a great game with 24 points and 13 boards, like couldn't stop the big man. Um, there's problems in Tucson, as you correctly point out. I'm not panicking just yet, but I'm trying to figure out where the panic button is located for future
0: reference. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, Griggs, uh, Oregon got a win this week, but the two other teams that we've been looking at in this conference, Colorado and Utah, uh, Colorado Ooh. goes to Cal and loses, although they bounce back with whatever uh, USC. Utah went to Stanford and lost on Sunday.
1: Uh, yeah, not a good week for either one of those. And, and yeah, that was I after know- yeah,
0: that was after Utah beat UCLA ninety to forty four that they lose yeah. Stanford. Go, go um, ahead, I'm sorry to be to cut you off.
1: <laughs> no, but I mean, not a good week for either one of those. And those are games that, like, I, I mean, we say that it's hard to win on the road. Well, it shouldn't be hard to win those on the road. Like, that's just a disappointing week. Uh, for both of them, um, I still think that they're tournament caliber. I still think that they're going to get the wins that they need, but that is is not a good week. Washington, a team that I was trying to believe in, uh, ends UCLA's winning streak. So, sorry, I'm becoming less than that. UCLA's losing
0: streak. (laughs) Yeah. Wasn't it six in a row? Yeah. UCLA have it pretty bad. Um, Titel, how about your, uh, other team for the state of Arizona, you want to discuss them a little bit here? The Sun Devils? It kills me, too, but
2: I have to because
0: they're ranked ahead of
2: us in the conference. I must say, though, like, it's very hard to figure this team out. They're undefeated at home, like my cat. Um, They have two separate four-game win streaks, and they have back-to-back home wins over Utah and Colorado, which actually helps us, as you can see, because we're now ranked ahead of Utah and Colorado in the standings. Um, they also had a bad loss last month at San Diego where they missed 10 free throws which is actually par for the course. They're shooting 64% from the line this season. They were out-rebounded 46-33. And Coach Hurley's had no roster consistency this year. He's had eight different players start at least three games, so he's juggling all the time. Good news for them, they have six straight conference games against teams outside the top 50. Bad news is that they got to face my Wildcats twice in late February. So uh, we still have time to control our destiny.
3: So you're saying he'll be a perfect coach for the G League next year when the <laughs> yeah, roster's <for> basically <laughs> turning over every week?
0: Uh, here's the upcoming schedule. I think the game to circle here – oh, the games to circle are at volve Oregon. Actually, Thursday they're at Colorado, Sunday they're at, at Utah. Those are the – I think the only two games really worth circling unless you want to see if uh, UCLA could do something crazy now that they're on a winning streak by by sweeping that well, Arizona One-game winning, winning streak. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm going to call it right now. I
3: think Cal can actually win one, if not both, of those games against Wazoo and Washington. Mark Madsen has quietly gotten the Golden Bears at least out of the Stalling cellar, but yeah, hopefully, uh, other than Stall I'll,
0: I'll I'll call it right now. Sleek that. Other than Stalling's award consideration for the worst Power Conference team, I don't think those games are going to be meaningful at all at the end of the year, though. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I don't think any of those... Well, they better be be meaningful for Washington after what they did last night at UCLA. Uh,
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. We're not going to be meaningful because I think Washington's pretty much uh, toast at this point uh, with that loss. But uh, but Sleek, let me stick with you as we jump over to the SEC here where uh, we've got a couple teams tied here at the top of the standings, but uh, maybe we need to talk about Tennessee who's sitting there down in the middle of the pack here, but they were another team that suffered a, a loss this week with the loss at Mississippi state. Yeah, they had a a bit of a midweek
3: bedwetting against the bulldogs, but fortunately they also were in a little bit of trouble on Saturday, but at least unlike Houston, they didn't have a a repeat loss against the bulldogs. Although they did have to uh, come back in that one right there. You also look at teams like uh, Auburn and Alabama. I mean, Alabama had one of the toughest schedules out of conference and, They've gotten off to a fast start in conference play, so it's prepared them well. well
0: I agree. He, se- he segued right over to the title to the <laughs> team you want to discuss, even though it's not the team I asked him about. But but, but how about the Crimson Tide? I know you have a little thought, some thoughts on them.
2: Yes, let's start with that number one in the upper right corner under adjusted offensive efficiency. They are the most efficient offense in the nation. Not Purdue. Not UConn. Not Baylor. It's the Tide. They're top twenty in the nation shooting from each of one point land and two point land and three point land. Brutal non-conference schedule. They did lose five games, but they were all the top 50 teams. Three of them were by single digits, and only one of the five was at home, so they're all explainable. Coach Saban may have retired. Coach Oates is still going strong, should be able to handle Missouri at home on Tuesday. Then he's going to need some good luck. Heads to Tennessee on Saturday and hosts Auburn next week. Um, Ohio transfer guard Mark Sears, he was solid after arriving in Tuscaloosa last year. He had 13 points a game, shot 35% behind the arc. This year he's looking like an All-American. 20 points a game, second in the nation, 49% from three-point land.
0: Yeah, I got to say here, you know, with with this Alabama team, it's one of the stranger comparisons here. They're not in the top 25 of either the polls, yet they're sitting there at number four in the net. Um, And uh, I think this is a top 20 team here, at least. Oh, they
1: are. Uh, But I I, I agree with that. Like Alabama becoming very quickly a basketball school, Nick Saban just couldn't handle it anymore, Um, you know. (laughs) Gr- how, about no, how
0: about another basketball school on the right there? Uncle Buzz's team, the Aggies, getting that huge overtime win over Kentucky this weekend.
1: Yeah, and that was a great game. Uh, if I mean, if you didn't watch it, go back and watch it. It, it was just a fantastically exciting game. Lots of lead changes. Uh, then in overtime, Kentucky, I don't think they scored for the first four and a half minutes. They may not have even had a field goal in the overtime, but a real nice win for Uncle Buzz. Um I still really like this Kentucky team. I still think that they're trending up. I still think that their ceiling is as high as anyone in the conference as far as what they can do in March once March gets here. They're getting better as the season goes along. It's not easy to win at College Station, uh, but that's a great win for A&M.
0: It was, um, and you see the rest of the scores there. Uh, I think the one other team uh, title I really want to quickly mention here is the this is this Ole Miss team? Um, I was not really a believer in them, but they f- keep finding ways to win games uh, and they thoroughly dismantled Florida this past week. Uh, is this team any good or are they more like what their predictive metrics, like Ken Pop, say? They're where they're number 70 in the nation.
2: Well, their luck says they are quite the outperforming team, I believe. That. <laughs> yes. um, that being said, Um, You don't have to like Chris Beard, but you cannot deny that he knows how to coach. Um, He's done it for a decade, it seems like now. Um, I thought this team was going to be a little more on the defensive end with the big man, uh, Jamarian Sharp, but uh, the offense seems to be getting it done, and not a ton of signature wins yet. Um, Certainly going to Auburn is going to be a toughie in the weeks ahead, but um, I believe in Chris Beard, so... um, a bit of a paper tiger with the 11 and no home record and not a lot of great wins, but, uh, I'm not giving up on this team just yet. I think they're for real. And I think they're in the tournament.
0: Oh, they did win a UCF. Kansas couldn't do that. And, and, and don't overlook that Memphis yeah. win Cause I
3: think that's a good win. Very yeah. underrated team here. Yeah. So the paper tigers beat the real tigers. <laughs> <laughs> they did. It was a good game.
0: Uh Greg's so upcoming schedule this week in the sec. Uh, I think the, big one is obviously the Saturdays, Alabama, Tennessee. But before they got Mississippi State of Kentucky this week. Uh,
1: yeah, that's a good one. This Georgia-South Carolina game might be a little bubbleish Georgia, as you know, I mean, you see two and one in the league. Their metrics are pretty good. Their team isn't bad either. I mean, I know that they didn't get the win at home against Tennessee, but they played pretty well. I, are they good enough to get the wins they need? And if they beat South Carolina, do we start looking at the Bulldogs?
0: I think they got to beat South Carolina, in my opinion, before I give them any serious attention here. I think they are way out of there because they simply haven't beat anybody that I think is at large, that is clearly at large at the moment, where oh, South yeah. Carolina yeah. Ha- South Carolina, at least has something more with the Grand Canyon than the Mississippi State uh, wins on their profile.
1: Yeah. They're just uh, a team that – their profile is clearly not there. They're just a team that I think is starting to play really well. All
2: right. Um, uh
1: Arkansas not playing really well and their profile <laughs> isn't there. Now speaking to the uh, speaking of the Stallings. Woohoo.
0: Uh, okay, little, little, hello. Let's do a quick refresh here on the screen here with the ACC. There it is. Boston College Sleeka 63-59 winner over Notre Dame. I know you were looking for that. Uh do you want to go do you want to talk a little BC Hoops here Sleeka or do you want to actually talk about a real team?
3: I think we'd rather we should probably be talking about some real teams right here and that's <laughs> going to be North Carolina and Duke. Now, one of the snide little comments I made in Chad's bracket is at least North Carolina didn't have to worry about Pitt coming into the Smith Center this year, so at least they took care of business and blew out the Panthers on the road about a week ago, and when you look at what Carolina has done once they've finally gone into road play, they're blowing teams out, whether it's Clemson, whether it's Pitt, or it's, whether it's NC State, I mean, I feel good about Clemson being in the field as of this point maybe when it comes to NC State I mean Pitt I'm starting to believe less and less in them but at some point you got to give the Tar Heels credit for actually looking the part of a number one seed even if it's a year later than what we expected
1: this profile is amazing and they're playing really really well Uh, this is a good team Wow.
0: That's a good team. Another team in this they're one of the top 25 teams that didn't lose this week. Another top 25 team that didn't lose this week though was the Blue Devils on the right there. Uh although they seem to I think they're going to be glad every, that hopefully they want to see Georgia Tech again unless they meet in the NC, in the ACC tournament. Uh right. Ty, Ty, Ty Tell. they lost on the road and really struggled at home with with the Yellow Jackets this week.
2: Yes, they've been up and down. Um I still believe in them.
0: They have uh, a couple cupcakes ahead and
2: then uh a tough Game with Clemson and hopefully not too tough at Votek before they host. Excuse me, head to Chapel Hill, start February. I just feel bad that these are the best teams in the ACC. They can't beat anyone of the Wildcats. So Kentucky lost, Villanova lost, Arizona lost. Like, where's Kansas State? Get them on. Get them. Get them on the schedule.
0: We'll work on that. But let me stick with you here for a second, Titel, to, to discuss another team. Uh, How about the Florida State Seminoles? Uh, Somebody in the coaches poll actually put them in the top 25 this week, which I cannot figure out. But uh, you want to talk about the Seminoles a little?
2: I mean, they belong in the top 25 of the ACC poll, Chad. So, yeah, let's talk about it briefly. Um, They finished December with a home-loss to Lipscomb, for God's sake. But they bounced back in a big way, four straight wins, each of the last three wins by single digits. Thankfully, their opponent's free throw shooting 66% is among the worst in the nation. Um, They head to Miami Wednesday for the big in-state rivalry game. Then they host Clemson on Saturday. Uh, Some quick props to Coach Leonard Hamilton. So during that four-game winning streak, he's now up to 636 career wins, which has propelled him into the top 100 all-time Bravo coach. And his future looks bright. Um, In this era of grad transfers and stuff, only one of his top eight scorers is a senior. So it
0: should be even better next year. Uh, you mentioned that they're going to Miami at Griggs. Uh going to Miami and winning is not very difficult to do as we saw Miami suffer a lo- a home loss that should disqualify them from the NCAA tournament <laughs> this past week.
1: Well it might. Uh I, I mean that is certainly a big weight. They, they I think they're good enough to offset it, but uh Yeah,
0: the yeah, the Louisville wow. loss is what we're talking about. That was just a shocker.
1: It, yeah, it 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 really was. And suddenly this is a team that I had been big on and even when they had lost games I'd sort of dismissed them or overlooked it but then uh you, you wonder is, is this team any good and you know they were in the final four that last year they returned a lot of their talent I thought that they were sort of being undervalued or overlooked but good grief Um you know that's a bad loss now when you look at their upcoming games a lot of them are winnable so I think they can bounce back from it but wow that was not a good loss
0: yeah, well, they, they already bounced back with a very nice road win over the weekend at VATEC, so that, that yeah, you know, and that's going to help because that, that Vatech team is probably a Bubblicious type team at the moment. Uh, we'll see yeah, where they go here, especially after Vatech had just come off and won over Clemson. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like we saw the Big 12, maybe not to that biggest extent, so we're starting to see these teams cannibalize each other a little bit here uh, <laughs> other than these top two. Uh, Salika, here's the upcoming schedule for this week. Uh, I think we've got a couple bubble issues type of games, especially maybe that Va NC state game. Uh, but I don't know that we have anything that really stands out to me. Am I wrong?
3: Well, I was looking to see if Virginia can finally win a road game. I mean, I'm sure they'll probably be able to bounce back against Virginia tech at home, but you look at what Georgia tech has been doing to teams like Duke. I mean, the who's are going to have to
0: win away from the JPJ at some point. Yeah, uh, Titel, how far away is Virginia from even being in the field at the moment? Uh, you know, with, with, uh, and, you know, just getting blown out on the road at this point.
2: Yes. Um, certainly trending in the wrong direction, as we like to say. Um, certainly not in the field as of today. Maybe not even first four out, but they're not like first 25 out. Like they're, they're hovering right around the bubble.
0: Well, they, they better find. They better beat Vatech at home this week. I thought, you know, and really need to win at Georgia Tech, which I don't know that they can do the way they're playing right now. But uh, we'll see what happens there. Let's uh, just jump over to the Mountain West. Our good friend Joby not here today, but uh, uh, we've got to take a quick look at this conference here. As among other things, we have up here at the top of the conference, Stalika, Utah State, who is tied with, I believe, it is with Samford for the longest win streak in the nation at 15, if I'm correct.
3: They were playing with uh, matches over at UNLV, but fortunately in the closing seconds, they were able to escape the Thomas and Mack Center with an 87-86 to 86 win. So yes, that helps keep their winning streak alive
0: at 15 games. 15-game 15 winning streak at, and... I don't know that I believe in this team, what I see in the court, but, but I can't argue with their resume at, at all at this point, Greg. I, I, I don't like the fact that I can't argue with the resume, but I can't.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, the winning streak, the win at UNLV, the win at Santa Clara, uh, San Francisco and Colorado State. I mean, there there is enough there to where this is a team that belongs in easily on the first ballot at this point. And a, another big test coming up this week against New Mexico
0: at New Mexico always always a tough road trip. Uh Ty, we've talked about the fact that we've got you know we've got San Diego state and we've got Colorado state who are have been in and out of the top 25 all season in this conference. We've got Nevada and New Mexico there but should we be starting to pay a little bit of attention to the to Boise state at this point? Yep, another one of those I was
2: wrong. I think the Puppet actually deserves credit for giving them a little shout out a week or two ago. They started 8 and 4. They're finally putting together a nice little resume. All four losses away from home, all to top 65 teams. Speaking of top 65, five top 65 wins. San Fran, St. Mary's, North Texas, Colorado State, Nevada. All of them by single digits. I get it. They should be UNLV at home on Tuesday. And then the huge home game versus the Aztecs on Saturday. Their key has been perimeter defense. 29% shooting allowed behind the arc, top 20 in the nation. They also have great offensive balance, both uh, literally with – the four starters scoring between 11 and 16 a game, but also vertically four starters, each standing six, five to six, eight. So they can switch everything on defense.
0: Yeah. And there's the results. They did get that big win at Nevada on Friday. That was a big one. Yeah. That's what really pushed them right, right up here to this discussion. And uh, I think it was a bit of a head scratcher actually with San Diego state Griggs kind of no-showed at New Mexico over the weekend.
1: Yeah. And what was even more puzzling was, well, they you can't say, oh, they weren't prepared. They just weren't ready. They over—they jumped out to a big lead. I want to say it was 10 or 15 early. And then from that point on, New Mexico just dump trucked them. I mean, they, they blew them out. And yes, they- a really good win for New Mexico. I hadn't been all that big on New Mexico. While I had said I had more faith, I had had faith in Boise. I had also said I didn't have – Faith in New Mexico, but after a win like that, where they, it's hard to not have some faith in them. Wow,
0: yeah. Now they're hosting Utah State, and in fact, I'll pull the upcoming schedule here up in the Mountain West. Uh, I think more so than ever, I'm seeing more and more games that are looking interesting in the Mountain West. You know, used to be maybe there's one or two games that were mildly interesting, but look at this weekend. We got Utah State at New Mexico. We've got the Nevada at San Diego State game. We got that huge San Diego State Boise game. There are games circling here. A lot of them, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just um, because, again, you've got four or five teams that are fighting for spots in the tournament.
3: Well, fortunately, you don't have to circle San Jose and Fresno. <laughs> no, we're not yeah. going to be circling that at all.
0: Instead, uh, so we're going to move over to the American Athletic Conference here. Uh, Florida when Atlantic. Tim Miles
1: is coaching, you should pay attention.
0: Florida Atlantic what you should do. has been one of the. Tim Miles would win pro- this
1: league. Are you and, done? Well,
0: no, I'm just saying Tim Miles would win this league. <laughs> All right. Salika, FAU, I pulled them up on, on the left there. They struggled, right. found a way miraculously to win a game at Tulane. Uh, and, you know, m- maybe we could also say now that their profile started to look a little bit better now that the Brian loss has moved up from quad four to quad three, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I think more important than Brian flip-flopping <laughs> tears is going to actually be the Owls finally getting – a win of substance at home against UAB and then managing to, again, escape a Tulane who's still hovering around Tier 2 right here. I mean, keep in mind, the Owls are going to be running out of strikes after what they've done against not just Bryant, but also Charlotte and uh, Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah, I mean, Gulf gonna Coast, be jeez. A lot of Legos they could be stepping on in this conference. And that's something they weren't doing last year for the most part.
0: Not at all. And on the other hand, Gregs, we got Memphis up there on the right. And this team, I said before, I, I get their net is 39. They are way better than that, in my opinion. I mean, they went to Wichita State, which is not a place an easy place to win, and scored 112 points.
1: Yeah. And they haven't really been blowing teams out. That might have something to do with why their net is a little bit low. You know, sweating out Michigan, sweating out VCU in overtime, uh, VC, SMU not a good team, sweating them out at home. But they've been winning. And, like, that's a really good profile. And, you, you know, they're 15-2, and two, and, you know, it tops out pretty high, uh, th- this Memphis team.
0: It does. Uh, Titel, what about another team here? Uh, they after up to a 3-0 st- start North Texas. We discussed Grant McCasland earlier, uh, his former team.
2: His former team's new coach, Ross Hodge, took over the 2023 NIT champs. He did hit a couple of speed bumps early during the 5-5 five and five start. But all five losses away from home, four of them were by five points or less, so a bit of a coin flip. He's now on five in a row, each by double digits to get to 10 and five, with a winnable road trip this week at ECU and Charlotte. Then he has to host SMU and head to FAU the following week, so that'll be a nice test. Um, a couple of things, you cannot leave them alone behind the arc because they're top 25 in the nation, 38% from three-point range, and it's hard to score on them. They've only allowed 58 points a game. That's fourth in the nation. X-Factor is height. Uh, None of their top five scores are taller than six seven. So if they have to face a big man, like if they use big man, that's gonna be a challenge, I think,
0: I also gotta give a shout out to their number three sixty-one in the nation, Tempo, the second slowest team in the country. Uh so if you like exciting basketball, don't go to a North Texas game.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so if you're uh, hoping they were gonna speed up after Grant McCaslin left,
0: sorry. Uh, FAU this week is going to be hosting Wichita State uh, And then At at Texas San Antonio Over the weekend while Memphis There they are hosting South Florida And then they're going to Tulane Maybe that Memphis at Tulane game worth circling on Sunday At least uh, could be a little bit interesting Mm -hmm. Uh, West Coast Conference And Griggs Can we finally say goodbye to the Gonzaga Bulldogs After they went and, and lost to Santa Clara On the road
1: Well, Santa Clara is a pretty good team, and you you, you know you got to keep in mind that that game took so much out of Santa Clara that they were just blown the hell (laughs) in the next game. So you got to give Gonzaga credit for that, don't you?
0: Uh, Well, I was gonna ask Titel, but maybe maybe we got it. Maybe that Santa Clara week was a hell of a week, Um, wasn't it? (laughs) So this is my
2: new top contender for most schizophrenic team in the nation. So non-conference play, they beat half of the Pac-12: Stanford, Oregon, Washington State but they lost a Cal by 15. And then last week in the conference upset Gonzaga by only allowing them to make two of 20 behind the arc. Then the home loss to St. Mary's after falling behind in the first half, 47 to 15 good news. uh, Three straight games against teams outside the top 200 before heading back to see the Gales in the rematch on the final day of January, a couple X factors size. Each of their top six scores are six, six or taller long range recruiting. None of those top six scores are from California. Three of the six are from foreign countries. Sadly, one of them, Adama Ball, is from Tucson, where he was good. He was not getting a ton of minutes on the Wildcats, but now that he's their leading scorer, I wish he was back in
0: Tucson. Yeah. Uh, Sleek, I pulled up the gales over here on the left. Uh, this is now your leader in the conference, I think. Uh, yeah. And also, with a five-game winning streak, and the way they dismantled Santa Clara, you know, is <sighs> – you know, should this, is it time to really start paying attention? To, and can this team yes. actually get themselves back in the bubble talk should they not win the WCC auto bid?
3: It almost feels like Loyola Marymount last year where it seems like bad things happen when you beat Gonzaga in an unexpected situation. and You look at what St. Mary's was able to do to the Broncos at the Levy Center. So this was important for a team that, much like the Musketeers we talked about earlier they have a couple bad quad three losses at home. I mean, they've been able to offset that with the Colorado State win on the road. And now that they've gotten off to a 4-0 in conference play, I think the big test is going to be coming up this Saturday when they go across the bay to uh, San Francisco. If they can win that one, then there's a very good chance that they're going to be 8-0 going into the game at Gonzaga in a couple weeks.
1: I think they're the only team in this league that looks like an NCAA tournament team, and they're probably the only team with an NCAA tournament and maybe-ish profile. Like, the win at Colorado State's a really good win, and nobody else is going to have anything close to that, I don't think. You're right. Yeah, I
0: was going to say, Wild Gonzaga's at Pepperdine at City this week. I think that that is the game of the week also, the one Salika mentioned that St. Mary's at San Francisco game. Uh, One last conference hit on. All right. Jump over to the A ten. And the Dayton Flyers, I'm telling you, I'm absolutely Griggs loving this Dayton profile. I the am more too. the more I look into it, uh, you know, they've beaten Cincinnati's on the bubble team, they've beaten St. John's, who is an NCAA tournament team, and that both those wins away from home. You've got six wins in the top two tiers, all six away from home, neutral yeah. the road. Uh I I think this team is is is, you know, with ten wins in a row, is towing totally the protected seed line, are they not?
1: You think a protected seed? I well, think they're towing I,
0: that line. I think they're a five okay. seat
1: right now. Um yeah, I, I think they're five or six. Um and, and the win against Cincinnati was in the city of Cincinnati while it wasn't on UC's campus. Uh they they've got Chad tomorrow in in Stalica. Look at who they've got. It's in the ABC,
3: I know the yeah. Arch Baron Cup.
1: It's the Arch Baron our- Cup. The the <laughs> most <laughs> intense rivalry in all of sports.
0: Um <laughs> Title. Let me ask you. Ask you. You know how good is? But where is the Dane team on your seed list right now? And can they get up to that to the top four seed lines if they if they keep rolling this conference?
2: I had them as a six last week. I think um, I'm ready to bump them up, like Greg said, to a five this. Or you, one of you said to a five this week. Um, I don't think they're going to win out just because it's a tough conference with road games and stuff, but. I think they could be favored in every single game. And um, I think that Coach Grant knows how to get it done. So um, I think towing is a fair description.
3: Or we could be seeing a situation like 2020 where the rest of the conference cannibalizes each other. But Dayton has really put themselves head and shoulders above everyone else right now. Remember when we thought Duquesne was going to be a contender? No problem (laughs) for the Flyers winning that one. I'll tell you, it it raises the question how good is
1: Dayton? I mean, profile aside, is this a really good team? I I think they are.
0: I'm not going to disagree with you here. Um, Yeah. And Titel, maybe the second best team in this conference now suddenly is Chris Mooney's Richmond Spiders. Another
2: Santa Clara-esque start with a 5-5 five and five start. All five losses were away from home. They've won six in a row to get to 11-5, and, and they have three straight games against teams outside the top 100 before hosting the mighty Dayton Flyers on January 27th. Good news, they do not have to play at Dayton this year due to the unbalanced schedule. Uh, East Tennessee State transfer Jordan King has played, frankly, like royalty, with 19 points a game, shooting 43% behind the arc. And this team's X factor is ball control. Eight turnovers a game is among the best in the nation.
0: Yeah. I don't know what we're really going to be highlighting for this week's upcoming games. Other well, the than Arch- the Archbaron Baron the Cup. The Archbaron, yeah. Other than the Archbaron Cup, they will then be hosting Rhode Island. And uh, I'm starting to wonder if there's anybody else we should be really paying too much attention to in this conference uh, because I just don't see another at-large bid here Uh from anybody quite frankly joe's has um, kind of blown it yeah, no, no, yeah joe's is out to one and three in conference play now um on that note though that actually completes uh completes all 10 conferences we're going to hit here so let's go and, and uh actually i'm going to leave this, this screenshot for a second and go to as we go to final thoughts because i start things off with titel
2: So My final thought is going to be over on the women's side, and I'm going to give a shout-out to Stanford women's coach Tara Vanderveer. There she is. So Wow. uh, The Cardinals did lose at Colorado on Sunday, but they host the Oregon schools this weekend with a chance to make some big-time history. As you can see, 1,201 career wins, the most in women's history. And if she can beat the Ducks on Friday, she ties a little guy named Mike Krzyzewski for the most wins in NCAA history, men or women, with 1,202. And then if she beats the Beavers on Sunday, she breaks the all-time record to get to twelve oh three. Her legacy is already secure, obviously. Twenty eleven Hall of Fame inductee, three NCAA titles, but she better keep winning because a little guy named Gino Ariema is not far behind eleven 1, hundred ninety four career wins of his own.
3: Mm-hmm. All right, um, Sleeka. Yeah, I mean she got those wins mostly at Stanford, but also some at the Ohio State University, and also. Started out the University of Idaho, of all places. But my final thought was actually going to go more towards uh, Rhode Island. We talked last year about Sean Miller having a bit of a comeback season for the Musketeers. <clears throat> Archie Miller's Rhode Island Rams have quietly won three in a row to start Atlantic 10 play. I mean, they're one of the reasons why we're talking about St. Joe's having gone the way of the Dodo. But that was not just a blip for the Rams so far. They also wanted Davidson, which used to be one of the harder places to win in the eight ten and then they beat Angry Frank's bunch to go to 3-0. They are going to have their work cut out for them this week when they go to uh, St. Bonaventure and also to UD Arena to take on the Flyers. So we'll see how long this little trip for the
0: Rams continues. Yep. Uh, Greg, do you want to finish the show up?
1: Yeah, uh, I've got sort of an under-the-radar thought. A team that we haven't talked about since they've fallen out of the rankings was James Madison, but we had been, if you hadn't been following under the radar, first of all, why haven't you? But secondly, there's two teams in addition to them that I think are exceptionally good. I know Titel barely had a couple of them inside of his bubble or right on it. I think they were sandwiched in between his first four the other day, but one is Princeton and another one is Grand Canyon. Um, and it wouldn't shock me to see one or both of those in the rankings by the end of the year where we going, we might be discussing them on this very show.
0: Yep. Lopes fans have started a, uh, Rank, rank the loops uh campaign on twitter so we, we may see uh it's so, so well specific. they deserve it yeah they're they, they really trying to push getting the rankings they got to keep winning obviously right uh on that note i do want to take this chance to thank everybody for joining us we'll be back wednesday night with an under the radar thursday night with a bracket rundown show but on behalf of john salika david griggs john titel i'm chad sherwood thanks for joining us talk to you again real soon